and welcome to Pod Ventures in Odyssey. I'm Tatiana. And I'm Emily. Every week we re-listen to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey and then sit down to recap and discuss. We've been going in album order and today is a big day because we are in a big album. Album 5. I'm so excited. Welcome to Daring Deeds and Sinister Schemes, the fun alliterative title of album 5. It's 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 taken so long to get here. Yeah, this has been like a goal. I mean, we're doing 50 albums, but still this one is kind of like our early goal to get to. This is our first milestone. Mhm. I'm I'm really looking forward to this album. You have no idea. Well, you know. Yeah, I do know. Audience (laughs) probably also knows, if we're being real here. Audience, if you know Odyssey, you know why we're stoked for this album. It's got some content. Content like we've never seen in Odyssey before. Not so much in this episode, but at the same time, yes, because this is an important episode. This episode is the Imagination Station, parts one and two. This is the introduction of a beloved invention that plays a very crucial role in the rest of Odyssey. Yes, we have, we've talked about how previous episodes have been sort of leading up to it. The Shepherd and the Giant episode where Wit has Connie put on some headphones and then he tells her a story, it's like augmented reality, mm-hmm. but now we've graduated to virtual reality. And even before that, we had the kid who fell off a shelf and was hit in the head <laughs> That's right. and dreamed the adventure. In the in the Bible room, or maybe that was the library, I'm not really sure. One way or another, yeah, we've been we've we've been circling towards this concept and now finally it gets to be a type of episode that we have in our I don't know what what do you call that? Our episode repertoire. Mm-hmm. Shall we do what we're so renowned for, which is getting straight into the summary and not dilly-dallying. I was gonna say, let's dilly-dally and talk about the Imagination Station as it's described, but I suppose we can just get to that when we get to it. Yeah, let's let's talk about it when we get there. There are a lot of observations I made this time that I never did as a kid. It was interesting. I feel like I paid attention more right now <laughs> than I ever used to. Well, I mean, we are podcasting about it, Exactly. So. I think that's probably part of why. Yeah, so when we come into the scene, we are just jumping straight in. Wit is working on the Imagination Station, putting the final touches on it, Mm -hmm. when Tom comes in with a problem. And the problem is a kid in his Sunday school class who is not engaging with the material. And Wit is like, but Tom, you're like the best Sunday school teacher that I know. How could a kid be bored? Could a kid be bored? I don't know. Some Sitting still and listening to people talk is not every kid's thing, even if you are a good storyteller. Yeah, and this kid is described as being antsy. Antsy. Sounds like he's got energy. Mm-hmm. I find it very funny also that as Wit is working on this, and they he, Tom is like, what is this? And Wit's like, oh, you know, just something that I'm finishing up called the Imagination Station. And I, in my notes, wrote down, you know, just casually inventing virtual reality. Because <laughs> he's very ho-hum about it, but it's like we barely just now are starting to have technology that approaches what the Imagination Station can do. And even then, it's not like... 
it's not full immersion. Like, you're still aware of all the different pieces that allow you to immerse in the world mm -hmm. of virtual reality. Like, you still have to wear the headset. You still have to use the hand controllers. You aren't, like, full-on talking to AI people populating yeah, this world. Yeah, who can respond to you in perfect dialogue, no matter what you say. Yeah. This is, like, above and beyond anything that the world has ever seen and Wit's just like, oh yeah, just finishing up the touches on this little mm -hmm. contraption. Yeah, it's gonna be fun for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a grand old time for some children. Really help them engage with the Bible a little bit more. Oh yeah, now he's... use their imaginations. <laughs> he's not wrong. But I find it funny how casual he is being about it if you really think about just the power of the imagination station, which is kind of something that uh, I guess even in this very album gets addressed. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it is a powerful invention. <laughs> and you would think that if that existed in the world, there would be people highly interested in its potential. Oh, we are going to get there. Oh, aren't we? All right, um, so Wit tells Tom, why don't you send this kid to me? This kid is named Digger Digwillow. Digger is going to come over to Wit's end. I, I'm not sure how they convinced him, considering he has, like, no interest in oh, the Oh, they mention it. in Inside of his adventure, oh, really? he mentions being bribed by his parents with the promise of food. It was a bribe? I thought that was just, like, an offhand, oh, and we're also going to eat there. No, no, he mentions the fact that he was bribed to come to this experience. And then they didn't even Imagine him. being bribed to go to the most cutting-edge virtual reality technology. To be fair, he didn't know it was going to be VR. No, he has no concept of what's about to happen, as evidenced by the fact that he's kind of, like... I don't know, not interested or pleased by anything in Wit's End. Mm -hmm. Like, the very first thing in the Bible room, he's like, where are the comic books? Mm -hmm. And Wit is like, oh, well, we don't have those here. We've got the Bible. And um, Digger is like, yeah, I know about the Bible, and I don't really, and none of it is interesting. And Wit is like, oh, man, David, Samson, Elijah, boring? And he's like, yeah, I know about those guys. My dad tries to find the exciting stories and read them to me, but, uh comic books are better. Mm-hmm. And Wit, Wit, to his credit, says, well, comic books have their place. Good Wit. Yeah, good. Now, dude, it is not Bible versus comic books here. By the way, there are comic books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Also, during this whole conversation, Wit is still, like, tinkering with the machine, like, finishing mm -hmm. up final touches, and there is so much sci-fi button pressing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, Digger, God gave us a wonderful gift when he gave us imaginations. I just wrote down beep boop beep because that's what we hear. A lot of lot of sound effects, and uh, and then he's like, "All right, it's all programmed." I was like, "Wow." I think he probably already had this program mostly written because from what we know in later Odyssey, it takes a while to actually write a program for the Imagination Station. I suspect he was more just downloading it into mm -hmm. the machine and making sure that everything was calibrated correctly. Yeah, whatever he was doing, he was not being like, let me quickly type up, you know, the crucifixion story, da da da. It's like, let me just program this entire Bible story for you, including all the AI elements of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Just one second. Yeah, they come around to, um, uh, Wit asks Digger, do you know about the greatest story in the Bible? You know, the one about Jesus. And Digger's like, oh yeah, um, he was a teacher and they killed him and stuff. <laughs> 
like killed him and stuff yeah, like and so um, disconnected yes and it was just like oh wow um and wit is like well there's more to it than that <laughs> but that's quite a way to phrase it also i want to mention the the imagination station has been compared to a time machine yes okay so yeah now should we talk about what it looks like yeah. and all of the whatever that that line about it looking like an old sci-fi sort of time machine thing digger says and that this is the first time that i noticed that line really yeah funny enough how have you been picturing the imagination station I think probably the same. I kind of picture it as a phone booth with no windows, but with like a seat inside. Oh. Kind of like a pilot seat and like a like a pilot control panel thing with some buttons and levers and of course a big red button. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been picturing a like, you know those sci-fi pods where it's <laughs> you like- You know them pods? <laughs> them pods, you know, where they have like- I don't know how to describe them other than as a pod, uh, but like the door that opens up, but oh, instead of being uh-huh. clear glass, it's opaque, mm-hmm. and on the inside is like the interface where they can press the button, mm-hmm. and maybe has like a little screen where you can see Wit in the booth oh, talking yeah. to you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have actually pictured it always as having a screen in front of it that does a sort of like weird warp effect that just engulfs your whole vision Yeah, as it happens. And that's why people scream, whoa, when the imagination station takes off. Yeah, I kind of like if you've ever been to a mall where they have those rides that like, I don't know how to describe them. Uh, You know, like the motion rides where it's got screens inside to make it simulate I, that you're doing something like piloting a ship or something like that. I have like experienced that. that at a museum, never in a mall. I have limited mall experience. That's true. That's a very Midwest kind of yeah, it thing, is. isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. So at a mall or at a museum or wherever it is, you can find these motion rides. Mm-hmm. Theme parks, that's probably more <laughs> common. Yeah, theme park sort of like a Disneyland... But smaller, because the rides at Disneyland tend to hold a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know if Six Flags has these. Anyways, that's far beside the point. (laughs) There's a screen inside, is what we are saying. We Mm -hmm. imagine a screen and a red button and maybe some other, like, dials. Mm -hmm. I've always imagined, like, a lot of buttons, but I feel like nobody ever presses any buttons except the big red button. Am I wrong? I guess we'll find out. I think it is only a big red button. Also, I've imagined it with, like two areas for seating next to each other because there are times when multiple people Mm, go on these adventures that happens later (gasps) they explicitly tell you in the first episode where that happens they're like i have added another seat i think it's actually another compartment i think the seats are not connected to each other yeah i think the first time that two people get to go on an adventure it's like a development imagination station goes through a lot of development Mm -hmm. But now that they've described it as, like, a sci-fi time machine, if you've ever seen the movie The Time Machine, that's kind of what I'm picturing now. I haven't, but I'll Google it. I will I will add a picture of it to our Reddit announcement Ooh, post for this episode. Good idea. We should post, like, a bunch of concept art that we think inspires us and or draw some. And audience, if you have any, like, fan art of the Imagination Station, please post it on our Reddit. Mm-hmm. So that we can gaze at it. I want to see what other people picture. Yes, me too. 
as such a fixture of Adventures in Odyssey. And for some reason, I always forget that it's in the Bible room. Me too. I was like, I thought it was in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse. <laughs> I think it might be like in a glass room in the videos. I think so. I think, yeah, that's probably why I picture it there. Mm-hmm. And in the video version of Odyssey, they are like the Imagination Station is sort of like a spaceship looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Which would also be cool, but that's not canonical, everybody. <laughs> it's a sci-fi time machine. Which is like a phone booth, right? I mean, if you want to be all British about it. <laughs> and I do. Uh, okay, so he convinces Digger, though, to, to hop on in and uh, tells him to hold on tight. And also that if it gets to be too much for him, just just let him know. And Digger is like... Psh. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't need to hold on. Yeah, this is like, yeah, it's not going to be too much. Like, what the heck? And then we have the quintessential line. Push the red button, Digger. You mean this one? Too good not to share. Mm -hmm. I love the robot voice of the Imagination Station. I love this whole sequence of Digger getting taken into the adventure. I feel like there's never a time when the person going on the adventure doesn't scream during this part. I feel like once we've finished this podcast, we have to go back and find every Imagination <laughs> Station episode and clip together just a sound clip library of everyone saying whoa after they push the we'll big red button. clip in all the woes. We'll start with this one. Every time we record a podcast of the Imagination Station, we'll have to clip in the person's auditory response. It's important. Is auditory the right word? Verbal response? Yes. We'll clip in the person's verbal response. Vocal response. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. And it'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. So we have some wit narration overlaying the like warping sort of zooming sound. And he is giving some narration from the Gospel of Mark talking about the time of Jesus arriving in Jerusalem with the disciples for the Passover. <laughs> this is something that I love about this episode. I love this episode, for one thing. It's, it's, I mean, what's not to love? Yeah, it's, it's so well done. And it's something that I love, like, in uh, historical fiction like this is I love it when the character that you are following is, like, orbiting the story. And, like, you get to sort of anticipate how they're going to interact with the story. And also, like, I love the dramatic irony of knowing the narrative where the main character does not. Or the main character is remembering the narrative. Yeah, as it goes along. Mm -hmm. That's what we get with this one. But yeah, I just love that, like, we, the audience, know where Digger is going because of this narration. It's like, oh boy, Jesus and the disciples in Jerusalem for the Passover, huh? I know, I love getting to experience the story from the peripheral. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll get into it. He, he arrives... And uh, he thinks that that was it. He's like, wow, that was lame. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Get me out of here. Opens the door. He's in a street. And in baby strollers that were better than that. How do I get out of here? Whoa! Whoa. 
there's a lot of people here. There is a camel drooling on his shoulder. There is a crowd of people yelling for somebody. People telling him to get out of the way is like chaos. He has a lot of commentary about this too. Mm -hmm. He's like, I saw something like this in Ben-Hur and Wit must be taking lessons from Disneyland. Yeah. That was the first time I noticed both of those lines. I wonder why not as a kid. I didn't notice. It's kind of muddled in with the chaos. Mm -hmm. There's just so much going on in that scene. And you kind of, on the one hand, you want to pay attention to what is actually going on in the scene, but Mm -hmm. your character that you're following is not interested in paying attention to it. That's something that is so fascinating about this whole episode. Like the conceit of the whole thing is that that is often how the story is being consumed. And it becomes less so as the adventure goes on, as Digger becomes more invested. You actually get to pay attention to what is happening as he starts paying attention. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right now the the crowd is shouting Hosanna and Digger is just being like, man, how did they fit all these people in the Bible room? Was I taken out onto a back lot or something? Yeah, he's like, dang, what the heck? Mr. Whitaker must have been paying all these people. Which, okay, in my mind, that would be cool if Mr. Whitaker did that. I mean, yes, please build a Bible story-themed theme park. Mm-hmm. And have a face character. <laughs> this is something we have discussed. We have. We've discussed how would you actually do the Imagination Station in real life. And it kind of would just be like a Disneyland ride where, like, you press the big red button and the ride actually transports you to... A place where you actually get to get out and then wander around Mm -hmm. for a while as part of like a guided story tour. Yeah, like a segment of the park where each segment is like a different Bible story. Imagination Station theme park. Coming to a town near you will build many of them and they'll all be near people's towns. I just made like a really big promise when I said coming to a town near you, that's all. (laughs) Had to think of a way. A way to make this possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's just like our door opens up to lots of other people's doors. If you open your door and you say, Imagination Station, it'll take you to the theme park. Or maybe it's near to your town in the sense that it's near to your heart. You know, the phrase is really coming to a theater near you. <laughs> I realize that now that's not how theme parks are advertised. <laughs> I don't know how much of this bit is kept. Our bits can be so convoluted sometimes. So Digger, who has been disrupting the Passover thing up to this point, the, what is it? The mm, the arrival. The arrival of Jesus mm-hmm. is finally grabbed out of the street by this woman named Mary, who assumes that he is a lost child. Mm-hmm. She's, like, pretty, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't know where he is. Yeah, and he doesn't know what the heck is going on, and he is speaking nonsense. And so she's like, oh, come with me to my house, you poor child, and we will help you find your parents. Because she's like, where are your parents? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He does know. They're in Witset. Yeah, supposedly they should be with him. Maybe they dropped him off or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's like, oh, you're a lost boy. Come with me. Oh, so, so many lost children at the festival. This always happens during Passover. <laughs> Jerusalem's not big enough for all these people. Mm. So that's how we find out that it's Passover. Although, yeah. I mean, we heard in Wit's narration, but there was kind of a lot going on. I don't know how much Digger was paying attention. Or us. Uh-huh. Or us, for that matter. 
<laughs> Baby Tatiana. Yeah, so they come to Mary's house and she's asking for them to bring Quintus, who's gonna maybe, like, find his parents. And meanwhile, John Mark. Here he comes. Here he comes. This is our, our in-story guide, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is our, our buddy who's gonna take Digger through this adventure. Should Not we... like... <laughs> Should we say... It's a VAA. A VAA. This one is a weird one for me because I grew up with the Imagination Station long before I ever listened to all of the rest of Odyssey. Or the rest of Album 5. So this is just like how in The Shepherd and the Giant, David is played by Eugene. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed, even though it's extremely obvious. He just didn't have the context for it. Exactly. So it like solidified itself in my imagination as like a different character. Whereas this one, I, yeah, it was a weird experience listening to this voice actor play John Mark because, like, I, I, I know that it's the same voice actor as an important character coming up next next episode. In fact, yeah. Yeah, so very soon. So soon. Also the same voice as we heard Lucy's dad. And Connie's classmate, Dan. Mm-hmm. If you care. If you don't, then... Let's continue. This is just so you can track with our freakouts. Yes, track with us. Join us in freaking out over voice actors. Uh, let's see. What is John Mark like? He's uh, presumably a teenager? It seems that way because he makes an offhand comment about how he would be one of the disciples if he were a little bit older. Okay, also his introduction I like because uh, Digger is like, your house is really nice. It's like something I saw in a Hercules movie. And John Mark is like, who mentions the name of a pagan god in my mother's house? (laughs) (laughs) All mad. Reminiscent of another Imagination Station character that this actor gets to play in Volume 10. Yep. Oh, very fun. He also wants to know what the heck Digger is wearing. Mm-hmm. He's like, are these clothes from Rome? And Digger's like, no, these are jeans. They're Levi's. Ah, Jewish tailor. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, I think Digger hears Mr. Whitaker's voice while, uh, what is her name, Mary and John Mark are, like, trying to get Digger to, I don't know, relax and wait for Quintus to come. I wonder if Quintus is a doctor. They don't say. I don't think we ever even see him. No, we don't. And they're, I think they're just, they're worried that he is a lost boy, but the more he talks, they become worried that he has heat stroke. Understandably. Yeah. And then Mr. Whitaker is like, hey, Digger, are you all right? And it's like his voice from outside with like a the echoey timbre of a voice like coming through a metal wall. Mm-hmm. Digger responds mm-hmm. that he's basically just planning to leave because he's, he's like, this is yeah. enough of this. And, mm-hmm. and all the people in the room are like, who is he talking who to? Who is he talking to? Don't leave, Digger. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. Like, he must be outside. I'm leaving. Like, leaves the house to go find Mr. Whitaker, opens the door and he's suddenly engulfed in darkness like, oh, I must have gone back into the imagination station. See, now, what I imagine is happening at this point is that he's left the scene that has been programmed. Yes. Yes, probably so. Yeah, he probably has, like, gone too far off script for the program to account for Mm -hmm. like the program has not accounted for what is outside of mary's house yep 
And so it fast forwards him to the next module, which is what? A few days later, it puts him in the closet. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he, he reopens the door and John Mark is like, what the heck? What are you doing in the closet? And it's like, you disappeared three days ago. And Digger is like, no. And then they're like, okay, we understand. You didn't lose your parents. You're just a street urchin. But we care about you. So just if you work, you can stay. <laughs> and yeah. And Digger is protesting like, I'm not a beggar. And he's like, here, like put on this robe and we're going to take some bread and stuff in to the master and the disciples because they are having Passover here. And you need to be super quiet. We're going to be seen and not heard. We're just going to sneak in and give the food. And Digger's like, okay, well, I can do that. Can you, Digger? Can you, though? (laughs) All evidence points to no. Oh, yeah. They have some more exchanges about, like, Digger being really strange. And he's like, I'm from Odyssey. And we have the first, like, this is such a classic in Imagination Station episodes where it's like, Odyssey, I've never heard of that town. I totally expected them to reference Greece because that's what happens, like, almost always when somebody mentions being from Odyssey. It's like, oh, you're Greek. Yeah. (laughs) But no, yeah, John Mark is just like, Odyssey, Whitaker, hot dog, what are you talking about? This is just how the people in the Imagination Station react. It's like, oh, you silly child. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking weird words. Saying nonsense. Digger at this point, I think, has realized who he's talking about upstairs. He's like, wait, disciples? mm -hmm, Yeah, hold on. He, like, starts to put the pieces together. And John Rock is like, yeah, we're going in to serve Jesus. And Digger is like, Jesus? Like, this whole time he has been like, why is everybody making all this fuss about a dude on a donkey? This is dumb. Like, he had no idea what exactly was going on. You should have put it together from the context clues of Mr. Whitaker asking you if you knew the story of Jesus. <laughs> right? I thought you knew the story, Digger. Yeah, but no, guess not. Um, I think that's our mid-episode. It is. So we have a Chris, and then we come straight back in. Um, we have a funny little misunderstanding where Digger is like, I think maybe I'm dreaming, and John Mark is like, I know, it feels, feels like, like a, a dream. dream. <laughs> so wonderful to be in the master's presence. Um, and yeah, as they're about to go in, Judas comes out, Mm -hmm. like, in a huff. Yeah, brushes past them real fast. Yeah, and John Mark is like, Judas? Like, what? Uh, you okay? And then Digger is like, wait. Wait, wait, Judas? Judas? And he's like, yeah, Judas Iscariot. You know, one of the disciples. (laughs) You know, just regular one of the 12 disciples. And Digger, I don't know if Digger makes any reference to it, but... It's it's kind of triggered in the back of his mind, this little warning yes. flag. Yeah, he's like, wait, hold up. He doesn't say any more about it, though. And in the background is the part where Jesus is letting them know that they're all going to fall away from him. Mm-hmm. And Peter is saying, no, no, not me. And Jesus tells him, no, even you, you'll, you know, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. Yeah. But that is is so interesting because all of this is happening like vaguely in the background and the soundscaping in this episode is so good because you feel very much in Digger's perspective for all of it. It's like he's just the server coming there to give them their food. Yes. And he hands Jesus the bread. Jesus takes the bread from him and this becomes the communion bread that Jesus breaks and gives the disciples the bread of communion. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Mark is like, Digger, we have to go. And he's like, no, I want to stay. 
It's like, we, we have to go. We gave him the bread. I have to be quiet and leave. Like, we're supposed to be quiet. Ah. So yeah, he pulls him away as Jesus is telling them, this is my body. And um, Digger, meanwhile, is like, he looked at me. Yeah, they, they get out of the room. And then, yeah, they d- discuss this experience of meeting Jesus. And what it's like when he looks at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John Mark is like, I know. It's like he looks inside of you with love. And Digger is like, yeah, that's, yeah. And then he's suddenly like, wait, like, shoot, I'm trying to remember how this all goes. And John Mark is like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't remember the story very well. I thought I knew it. Sound like a crazy person. He's like, maybe you do have a fever. Yeah, I know. And Digger is like, maybe I do. <laughs> but um, what triggers him, though? I think it's that the, the disciples and Jesus all head out to the garden of Gethsemane. And mm-hmm. that is when Digger is like, wait. A garden oh no and john mark is like yeah what's wrong and he's like no the, the garden don't you know we have to go there now and john mark is like no i do not know like what? how could i know <laughs> what the heck you're talking about so yeah digger is like we gotta go now and makes john mark take him to the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm. so they run there scene transition we're outdoors in this garden at night and john mark is like there see there are the disciples over there sleeping and there's jesus over there praying and like What's the big deal? And Digger's like, we have to go warn him. We have to go now. And it's like, well, I don't want to disturb his sleep. We'll just go over and look at him, see that he's fine. You are out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while they are bickering about all of this, you are hearing Jesus praying. It's the prayer where he says, take this cup from me, Mm -hmm. but but not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I can't get over how much I like this narrative conceit. Of hearing this well-known story, but, like, taking place in the background. Mm-hmm. So that is happening. And then they, while they're arguing, they get grabbed by temple guards. And they're struggling and freaking out. And then Judas appears. And John Mark is like, Judas? Like, what the heck? Also, notably, hmm. I didn't pick up on this the first time we listened. But Judas actually says, hold them here. I don't want them to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He tells them to hold on to Digger and John Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. want any, any more people to get hurt. Mm-hmm. That guilt's already <sighs> setting in. Yeah, the guilt is a-happening. He, um... Goes over and kisses Jesus, but once again, like, Digger and John Mark are being held, presumably with hands over their mouths, so all of this is happening sort of in the distance. And then the guards move in to arrest Jesus, and I think the commotion where somebody's ear gets cut off is also happening. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Jesus gets arrested, and the disciples all flee. General chaos, everyone run! Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we cut to back in Jerusalem, Digger feels really bad for leaving Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's pretty upset, and John Mark is like, what were we supposed to do? All the disciples ran away, too. It's like a good point. Mm-hmm. You're not going to single-handedly defeat all the temple guard. Yeah. Man, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. But yeah, Digger is like, well, we should have done something. And uh, I think John Mark spies Peter, and he's like, oh, hey, there's Peter. Like, let's let's see what's going on with him. At least here's one of the disciples. And we get to overhear... The serving girl? Yeah, she's being like, man, weird stuff going on these days. Everybody making a fuss over this guy, Jesus, this teacher. And now they've arrested him and we're all up in the middle of the night for all this craziness. 
And then she sees Peter and is like, hey, aren't you one of them? And he's like, uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Hmm. Mm. And I think this is just the way that it was told in... Oh, I'm so bad with my Gospels. Is it Mark where the story is told back and forth like this? I think so, but I know. It's like I've read each of the four Gospels so many times. I don't remember what's from what anymore. I'm gonna say. Yeah, I like that they, they tell this story a little bit back and forth between the Peter scene and the Jesus scene, which I know they do at least in one of the Gospels, maybe in multiple. Mm -hmm. And then I appreciate that John Mark is like, well, it's not too late for us to do something. I know that Jesus is being held in the temple somewhere and like here's how mm -hmm. we can go and see what's going on and mm -hmm. so they're there overhearing the testimony that people are giving about him but they can't all agree on what jesus mm -hmm. said and there's like oh no no he's just tearing down the temple he's not going to rebuild it yeah, no no i else. heard he was gonna rebuild it in three days and they're like no i didn't hear that part and some other guy yet so they're all bickering and john mark is like oh this is good news because our law says that they all have to agree if the testimony of two witnesses doesn't agree, then it's not valid. But then they're like, well, can we all agree that he said he'd rebuild it in three days? And uh, yeah, the, the chief priest is like, yeah, what do you have to say about that? And Jesus says nothing. And Digger is like, why isn't he defending himself? John Mark's like, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, but then the priest is like, he calls on the name of God to compel him to mm -hmm. say whether or not he is the son of God. And Jesus says, I am. Boom. Yeah. And the the crowd erupts. Like, I guess it's not really a crowd, but, you know, all of the people in the room, all of the Sanhedrin and the witnesses, they all erupt into shouts of blasphemy. And John Mark is like, oh, no, he can't do that. And Digger's like, why? What's wrong? He's like, well, he just claimed to be the son of God, and that's blasphemy, and the penalty is death. And Digger is very upset. And that's the end of our episode. Boom. That's the end of part one. Dramatic place. I wonder, if was there is there a more dramatic place they could have cut it? I feel like that's a good place to stop yeah, in this the, narrative. The only other dramatic place they could have cut it was at the crucifixion itself, but that's mm -hmm. more than half the story. Yeah. Yeah, they would have had to do some, I don't know, they would have had to include some different content and exclude some content. That's just, that's just not the story we got. Mm -mm. So how, how do we do our little, our transition where we get, we have our fun episode transition between a part one and a part two of a two-parter? I thought I would think of something by this point, but I haven't. <laughs> Tatiana, those are really strange clothes you're wearing. These these are my these are my quarantine clothes. What on earth is a quarantine? Such strange words you use. Oh, you know. <laughs> are you sure you don't have a fever? We need to take you to the doctor and check you out. Quintus yeah, will be here soon. Take me to Dr. Quintus. No, I refuse to go to Dr. Quintus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. Wait, where are you going? I'm leaving. That's the sound of the door opening and closing because I'm gone now. Goodbye. Oh, wait, come back. Hello? <laughs> By the way, there are comic books of the Bible mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that exist. Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize as well.
for being in proximity. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt is just radiating. 